Okay, back again. Uh, episode, I think, 24, Tao Te Ching, going through uh, translations of Arthur Whaley and D.C. Lao, trying to reconcile them and refer back to the original text, Chinese characters. Uh, today we're going to look through uh, chapters 60, 61, 62. These are mid-sized chapters, particularly about ruling um, ruling a large kingdom, uh, how to be the ruler of a large kingdom, uh, certainly 60, 61, and um, the relationship between the Taoist and the empire or the collective. This is also the uh, advice or philosophy um, for the individual spiritual seeker in relation to other people and relation to groups, relation to family, relation to friends and close ones in our life, relation to a partner, uh, relation even to the subconscious or how to be with your own mind. And so the <clears throat> the continuum of relationship begins with the relationship between the conscious mind and the subconscious, uh, which, uh, when healed and developed or developed through healing and balance and self-understanding, self-acceptance, um, seeing clearly, knowing deeply, self-correction, uh, correct, recognizing uh, distortions in self-image, uh, like the inflated, deflated, and erased type version types of distorted self-image, uh, overvaluation, undervaluation, high, uh, you know, excessive self-superiority uh, complex, or deficient in that uh, low self-worth, low self-value, you know, self-loathing, patterns of self-punishment. Um, <clears throat> when that's more fully healed, then the next relationship goes conscious mind to soul, conscious mind to higher self, conscious mind with greater uh, integration with subconscious, meaning bringing light to the darkness, uh, embracing the shadow. It really means um, knowing and accepting what's painful and objectionable, what we don't like about ourselves or patterns of mind, or distorted beliefs, uh, harmful tendencies to self and other that we don't like, that we'd avoided. Now we are more honest and we know them. <clears throat> and then uh, there's greater self-love, understanding, healing, leading to forgiveness, and greater integration of conscious and subconscious. Um, depth, depth of mind, gravity. Uh, maturity, a mature mind, individuation, uh, self-understanding, uh, gravitas. Then when the person spiritualizes that relationship of moderately, somewhat integrated conscious, subconscious, goes to higher self, goes to soul, goes to spirit, the spiritualizing of mind. <clears throat> so spiritualizing of mind is also a relationship between conscious mind or the conscious sense of self what some fellows call ego, but not me. And um, the point of awareness or beingness that is uh, the master of the temple 
or the true self, or a, a voice of true nature, or a voice of God in the self, uh, Atman, or uh, six-density awareness. Even if uh, Buddhism says anatta, no self, or insubstantiality, or there's no solid separate self, fine, that doesn't mean there isn't a point of consciousness, awareness, and six-density, with unif- awareness of unity, that is of beingness, right? The, the depth, the, the true nature of being. So then the relationship becomes conscious mind to soul or to higher self or to our greater awareness closer to true nature. And then there are all sorts of, you know, then there's self and God, <clears throat> uh, spiritualized self and the logos. And then there's so-called externals of relationship to loved one, friends, family, associates, acquaintances, and then associate relationship to the collective. And that's akin to the sage and the kingdom, the Taoist ruler or the ruler and the ruled. These are all uh, relationships that can benefit from understanding Taoist philosophy. And Taoist philosophy, at best, um, goes beyond uh, secularity or secularism or being Taoist. Taoist is not important. What's important is being in harmony with reality and not making trouble for self and other and continuing our path and continuing development of love wisdom, continuing awareness and discernment in kindness and truth and uh, not making trouble and and being a benefit to self and other, you know, learning, growing, helping. And so that ain't Taoist. It's not the possession of any one philosophy. Um, it's universal spiritual principles that we find in Taoism and Buddhism and Advaita Vedanta and yoga and the raw material and some other metaphysics and Gnosticism and Heraclitus, you know, <laughs> Gautama and Nityananda and all the great beings, Ramana Maharshi and uh, Shanti, uh, Shanti Deva and Adida, Adida maybe earlier, long ago, and wherever. Osho and Bashar and all those folks. <clears throat> There's spiritual truth and important wisdom and principles of path and self-revelation, realization, all there too. And so this is not simply uh, what these ancient Chinese said about the Taoist ruler and his kingdom, but also how we can learn to relate to ourselves and others uh, more harmoniously um, with greater wisdom and and kindness. And so developing wisdom wisdom itself is a form of kindness to the universe, you know. Seeking wisdom we show our love of God. <laughs> and um loving God includes developing discernment and being real honest. <clears throat> so, all right, let's look at chapter 60. Uh I'll uh, start with Whaley and uh, see how we which how whichever way I want to do it. Um, commentary after commentary uh, after the two. So, okay. Tao Te Ching, chapter 60. And there's a, the, the first line is a very famous line for all uh, lovers of Taoism worldwide. Ruling a large kingdom is indeed like cooking small fish. They who by Tao uh, govern, that's a drop word, they who by Tao govern all that is under heaven, did not let an evil spirit within them display its powers. Nay, 
it was not only that the evil spirit did not display its powers, neither was the sage's good spirit used to hurt other men, or used to the hurt of other men, nor was it only that his good spirit was not used to harm other men, the sage himself was thus saved from harm. And so, each being saved from harm, their powers, or the, could converge towards a common end. It's a strange chapter, indeed. D.C. Lao, governing a large state is like boiling a small fish. When the empire is ruled in accordance with Tao, the spirits lose their potencies. Or rather, it is not that they lose their potencies, but that, though they have their potencies, they do not harm the people. It is not only they who, having their potencies, do not harm the people. The sage also does not harm the people. As neither does any harm, each attributes the merit to the other. So you can see different translations. I think they both had trouble with the sequence of characters and meaning. And Tao Te Ching really is difficult <laughs> to, to translate. So <clears throat> we've got uh, two main sections here. The the prologue um, and the uh, the explanation or the intro, ruling a large kingdom or governing a large state, akin to cooking or boiling small fish. Uh, actually, I think it's closer to cooking because it's very easy to boil a small fish. Depends on how small you're talking about. You just throw it in the boiling water and uh, stir gently. I think. Uh, cooking a small fish, if you've seen Chinese uh, <clears throat> uh, braised fish dishes in the local Chinese restaurant, um, they shouldn't become a mess. <laughs> so you've got to cook both sides of the fish, the meat, um, delicately so that it doesn't fall apart in the pan, nor on the plate, nor at least not put onto the plate falling apart. And so that's closer to cooking than boiling. Uh, the idea is that one should be, one, one can treat uh, great matters delicately. <clears throat> one should be more careful the uh, weightier the decisions to be made. And so one can be casual sometimes, but it's uh, deadly to be too casual in other situations. So one can take it easy most of the time. Uh, but sometimes one should be very serious and very careful and very attentive to the dynamics of the situation. So when there's a threat, <laughs> wherever, however, when we perceive a real threat, when there really is a threat and we're perceiving it, one should be careful. Um, when one recognizes uh, a weighty decision, one should take it slow. Uh, that's not the same as, uh, you know, it's, so that <clears throat> the, the care and prudence and caution and deliberateness and deliberations and patience needed, uh, for a small fish is different than stir frying chunks of meat. And so one, uh, should recognize when, uh, when the matter at hand is very serious and when one should take it real slow. Similar to uh, 
Chong Su's dexterous butcher, uh, Butcher Ting, I think he was, <clears throat> who said his blade stays sharp-edged after years because he finds the hollows or the open space between the bones and the joint and puts what has mass or what has um, physical solidity, the edge of the blade, into the place where there's nothing, where there's emptiness, the space between the bone and the sinew or the bone and the joint. And therefore, it stays sharp all the time. Uh, this is super Taoist imagery. Uh, likewise, but but likewise, when when he realizes it's a difficult cut, uh, he takes it very slow. Uh, likewise, ruling a large kingdom, working with a large group of people, working with situations like family holiday, you know, holidays with the family. <clears throat> or business negotiations, or a volatile partner, or a partner in deep wounding or catharsis, or a friend um, that we're not sure is really a friend, uh, or a possibility of threat. All sorts of situations that I'd say are akin to the weightiness of ruling a large kingdom or a large state, that really do require um, us to chain to, to shift down shift shift down or gear down to slow slow up <clears throat> and be careful and so okay that's the approach not just careful and deliberate uh, and respectful uh, but not aggressive and pushy and um, not hasty then there's this long discussion of how uh, those who uh, followed the way or Tao governed particularly. And so when an empire is ruled in accordance with Tao or those who by Tao govern all under heaven, so that's what we're talking about, the Taoist approach to being with a large group or responsibility for a collective. <clears throat> which also includes responsibility um, in a family uh, or just individual relations. Uh, then, then the translation diverges. Don't let an evil spirit within them display their powers or um, not only didn't display its powers, but the sage's good spirit, so there's good spirit and bad spirit not hurting anybody. I would imagine that there's some um, probably very particular Chinese mythologies associated with this chapter <clears throat> that one would need more commentaries uh, to, to, to ferret out um, some notion of what evil spirits and bad spirits both within us uh, that can both act to harm um, the good, the sage's good spirit wasn't used to hurt other people. I don't know why would a good spirit hurt other people? And are they saying that everybody has good and evil spirits in them? Or are we saying uh, people have tendencies that are harmful or can be harmful and those that are helpful or kindly? Who knows? Uh, but we're certainly seeing that <clears throat> um, har no harm is done. And um that that which is harmful 
weakens uh, when one is governing or um, uh, determining affairs in the collective or relating to a collective in a harmonious way. So before we take this to how it might relate to individual relationship, uh, the text itself obviously is about governing and ruling or having responsibility for the affairs of a collective and doing no harm. And uh, <clears throat> what seems to be um, a, a weakening of the strength of harmful tendencies then reframed as it's not that evil tendencies or evil spirits lose their power, but they keep their power but still do no harm. So you can do no harm and keep your power. You don't have to weaken yourself to become harmless. Or one can, uh, one can um, rightly appreciate self and one's mind and one's understanding or development and not lord it over anyone. One can rightly walk well. But is that pride? Is it self-confidence? Well, <laughs> if self is the universe and or self is this unified being in six density or there's no self, or meaning there's no separative uh, mind-fashioned identity or any mind-fashioned identity is not I and I, you know, tatvamasi, uh, uh, I am that. Um, that is all, <clears throat> I is that which is all, then uh, it is a bit foolish to walk around um, relying on pride and self-confidence. One can, <laughs> the great sages go beyond pride or self-confidence, for sure. They don't, they're not self-referential. <laughs> they're not uh, self-checking. They're not engaged with uh, much thought about a separative identity. So they don't need uh, pride or self-confidence. Even healthy pride, healthy self-confidence. One may manifest what appears to be that um, free of illusory identity. And so this is a leaping forward a bit, but I mean, I'm not recommending uh, walk and have proud, be proud of yourself and have self-confidence. Well, that's okay, um, but it is not uh, an end state goal, spiritual goal, because really um, self-referentiality falls away um, significantly at Sotapanna, and realization of all views of selfhood false or empty um, the true realization that what what I is is beyond thought and beyond views of of selfhood and the law of one hey hey is about all is one I is one all is this one um, that that knowing that is beyond uh, continually referring to our strengths or our goodness uh, as a basis for um, 
recirculated uh, thoughts uh, of self-appreciation, pride, uh, even healthy self-confidence. That that doesn't need to be held uh, eternally, actually. But, <laughs> so, meaning that the short of that is one can appreciate self and go beyond um, having to rely on even self-confidence or any thoughts like that and uh, open to universal power and not be shy. Meanwhile, remain harmless. Do not harm the people. Do not harm the people. So even though they have potencies, they don't harm the people. Not only they who having potencies don't harm the people, the sage doesn't harm the people. So the ruler doesn't hurt, the sage doesn't hurt, we don't hurt ourselves, we don't hurt others. And so that's critical. Taoism is very ahimsa. Taoism is, and you'll see this in the next chapter, Taoism does elevate the female over the male, or the yin over the yang, or the gentle over the aggressive, or the weak over the strong, or the humble over the assertive. And it's... um, it's based philosophically in both a deep understanding of harmlessness, the metaphysics, the karma, uh, the consequences, the, the sequencing uh, of events, phenomena associated with gentleness and harmlessness, meaning uh, gentle, I mean, at the right time in the right place, of course, in balance. Um, right harmlessness, gentleness, kindliness, softness, um, brings power, (laughs) while pushiness actually weakens, and controlling uh, generates strife, and each thing has an equal and opposite reaction, each, for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction, that kind of thing, that's, right, what is that, the law, some law of thermodynamics, one of the laws of uh, physics, Uh, action-reaction, equal and opposite, uh, which is the same, you you know, the upward path is the downward path, or going down, is um, just a particular direction on the same, uh, of the same reality that um, goes up. And day and night are together, and yin and yang are together, and male and female are together, and strong and weak are together, and benefit and harm are together. And so um, the way of benefit is harmlessness and the way of strength is gentleness. And so these are um, Taoist understandings. And so likewise, one can uh, walk in one's truth without bothering anyone, nor controlling, nor laying claim, nor dominating neither does any harm, each attributes merit to the other, or uh, duh, uh, the duh of the ruler and the ruled, or us and the group can converge by um, taking the the collective into our heart, or uh, being quite aware of the dynamics of the collective, whether it's a family, or a group, or a company, or whatever. You know, taking it all into our heart sounds nice, and when the when the participants or the collective is very harmonious, it's lovely to take it in. But if the harm, if the collective is full of conflict and troublemakers, or a couple are troublemakers, one needs to know that and deal with that um, in a certain way.
<clears throat> akin to cooking, cooking a small fish, actually, meaning be careful. So, anyway, uh, uh, some teaching on harmlessness here. 61, <clears throat> back to a discussion of large kingdom and convergence. Tao uh, Te Ching, chapter 61, Arthur Whaley. A large kingdom must be like the low ground towards which all streams flows down. It must be a point towards which all things under heaven converge. Its part must be that of the female in its dealings with all things under heaven. The female, by quiescence, conquers the male. By quiescence, gets underneath. <clears throat> if a large kingdom can in the same way succeed in getting underneath a small kingdom, then it will win the adherence of the small kingdom. And... It is because small kingdoms are by nature in this way underneath large kingdoms that they win the adherence of large kingdoms. The one must get underneath the in order to do it. The other is underneath and therefore does it. Meaning uh, the large is all, must get underneath to do it. The small is already underneath and therefore naturally does it. Does it meaning winning adherence. <clears throat> all right. What large countries really need is more inhabitants, and what small countries need is some place where their surplus inhabitants can go and get employment. Thus, each gets what it needs. That is why I say the large kingdom must, quote, get underneath. So, clearly, there's, um, you know, an allusion to sexual missionary positions here of the female beneath the male in the typical sexual position, so-called missionary position, I guess. Uh, you can see, I mean, I can see <laughs> that uh, Whaley uh, went to town on this and had fun, or maybe it wasn't much fun, but he did his own thing to say that their surplus inhabitants can go and get employment. Um, you know, <laughs> that's really um, a transgression to the original text, and so there are cases where Arthur Whaley really um, excessively injected his own mind, <clears throat> his own desire. I mean, I'm, honestly, it just—I mean—it's been my experience from start to finish in Japan and and Taiwan that translators are frustrated authors and translators because it's a lousy job. You basically just hear what somebody else is creating, put it into uh, another language, and shut up. <laughs> that's what the translator does at best and I had a translator in Japan who was wonderful but most everybody else was not good at all and at least to me and meaning they were kind to me but I thought their translations were lousy and nearly none never did in a book Japanese and Taiwan or China translation uh, publishers hired translators come to me asking any questions because the what they they understood everything perfectly, I guess they thought they did. Meanwhile, <laughs> some of their translations are really awful, and so there's something going on with the translator profession, where um, they just want to get get some in on get get some in for themselves. <laughs> so okay, the large kingdom like a low ground towards wall convergence. Uh, this is some philosophy of benevolent, a benevolent large state, uh, a point under which all things under heaven converge, a rallying point, uh, a center point, 
uh, an organizing principle for the other smaller states. That's akin to the Taoist sage or a sage or a highly spiritually developed person or a wanderer who has finally uh, done much healing and has done healing and balance and um, an adept who's mo more well developed in a sense becomes a center point uh, metaphysically in the environment not of control um, but of radiation of power <clears throat> the the hub of the wheel doesn't control the spokes or nor the rim but without the spokes and the rim without the hub there there is no organizing of spokes and rim into a functional wheel um, of course each portion is necessary and the portion of the wheel called the hub uh, at the center has um, the has its unique role and function as a center point um, organizing force uh, keeping the many uh, in a sense unified or a, at least a functional unification of the many the many of the many spokes and all the positions of the rim <clears throat> and so the function of center point is akin to a benevolent kingdom is akin to a, a highly spiritually or well-developed person meaning well-developed in green blue indigo <clears throat> now that doesn't even mean doing anything <laughs> one can be a center point si in silence of course and total obscurity as well uh, and that's considered the part of the female so it's great power but it's not uh, thrusting forward or on top and so uh, in relations of men and women I mean it's very very common you know, there's a saying, behind every successful man is a good woman. Maybe so. In many cases, that's true, actually. Absolutely. Um, Gautama Nityananda, mm -hmm, Ramana Maharshi, Nisargadat Maharaj, no. Uh, I don't know if they had a... Their successful men were supported by strong women or good women behind them. No, I don't think so. None of them. So it's not essential um but yeah of course that's what a you know that's one form of good marriage or partnership of male female is that uh, the male thrusts forward into society and um is supported by uh, a loving wife where they both respect and care about each other and she's happy to be behind him or be under him or um play uh, an essential function and it's you know under is not inferior that's the point <laughs> this is not you know under and over and male and female implies no uh, superiority inferiority or value differentiation at all they're both critical above there's no above without a below above depends on below and and what so-called below depends on above and strong depends on weak and weak depends on strong and and you know stillness depends on activity and activity depends on stillness uh, if there's activity without stillness it burns out 
if there's stillness with activity with stillness without activity um, it dies <laughs> so both die um, without each other and both prosper by harmonious um, integration and balance and complementarity and that's what I think is being spoken here in this chapter and so <clears throat> uh, the large or the male here is um, uh, is directed to deliberately get underneath the small or the weak or the female uh, and and that wins the adherence of the small or the weak kingdom um, and then because small or kingdoms or weaker are by nature under are naturally underneath therefore they win the adherence of large kingdoms well obviously there are many cases in history of large kingdoms trashing small kingdoms or tr big you know that's what empire is all about colonialism right there were lots of small states in Africa that were totally brutalized by Western colonialism still goes on today <laughs> under the guise of freedom and democracy generally and so there's much harm done to the small by the stronger in geopolitics uh, there's much harm done to women by men there's much harm done by physically strong people against weaker physically weaker people physically there's much harm done in the world and you know <laughs> uh, being underneath is no guarantee of um, of benefit but we're talking about uh, where both <laughs> nations are respectful of of the other or both people male female or just two friends and so this is uh, the relationship of of large to small kingdom again can be understood as a, a metaphor for the relationship between a Taoist or a sage or an adept or a highly spiritually developed person or a strongly seeking spiritually minded person and everyone else around him or her meaning uh, how we relate to people can take some cues and pointers from how we're taught here in 61 to uh, for a large kingdom to make good relations with the smaller. Uh, the person who has deep spiritual study or considerable or, you know, <laughs> spent years doing spiritual study and practice uh, has something that others don't have, which is a developed spiritual view and some internal transformation and some awareness of uh, uh, of the, the whole, the, the one field of um, physical non-physical material spiritual past present future <laughs> universal truth uh, that ordinary folks who don't study and practice don't have and that's in some ways akin to a large kingdom and a small kingdom and the point here is again um, uh, helping or being related but not lording over not claiming not dominating not controlling not pushing not being pushy being quite receptive um, depending on stillness depending on peaceful heart um, and um, being able to listen <laughs> I mean what is this is what the whole point is about getting underneath getting underneath 
And any therapist will know that half of the work is building rapport, but building rapport uh, truly not as artifice, <laughs> not as a trick, not as a technique, but truly valuing rapport, <laughs> meaning feeling, meaning relationship, actually, meaning positive relatedness in the therapeutic relationship um, is essential <laughs> first, is essential to everything and um, includes a whole lot of listening and following and being quiet and letting the person share freely or emote or cry or rage so long as they're not raging at the therapist although that can be well allowed sometimes too or should be to some degree that's not physical violence but that's uh, mental violence and in some cases it's very helpful to let uh, a client or a friend <laughs> or a loved one rage and vent and cry and thrash about um, within what we consider safe limit whatever that may be um, that's also I'd say going, getting underneath it's um, heart chakra right Ross said that the blue ray is the first chakra that's in that, that in which is uh, incoming as well as outgoing. I, that was a minor revelation to me. Oh, you mean green ray is not outgoing, it's only incoming? Because blue ray, fifth chakra, is the first chakra that's outgoing as well as incoming, meaning transmissive or expressive as well as receptive and um, sensitive to input or allowing input or inputting. Uh-huh, yeah. So green ray is only inputting. Green ray, heart, love is unconditional receptivity. That's yin. Yin is the, the, the stillness, stillness versus activity, uh, the stillness that is receptive, impressionable, that can listen, that can follow, that allows, that enjoys being more than doing. So it's being versus doing. It's listening rather than speaking. It's stillness rather than acting. It's feeling rather than thinking, even. Although there's nothing wrong with thinking, and there's nothing wrong with yang, yin and yang, fine. But to make harmony, um, when there's power differential, in fact, there always is with any two people, spiritual power differential, who can say, who can say, but there is. Uh, one ought to consider this philosophy <laughs> because there always is spiritual power differential meaning and mental there's spirit and mind mind complex and spirit complex differential of power or of development and yeah it really is a universal law that uh, to the greater developed soul accrues or attaches the greater responsibility and so uh, a lesser evolved, yes, there are levels of evolution, and for a lesser evolved soul, uh, certain harmful activity is less karmically potent. For a more uh, uh, evolved soul, the same karmic, the same activity will have far greater or deleterious karmic liability. And so, uh, two people, you know, shout. Fuck you. Uh, the one that's lesser evolved <laughs> may uh, have lesser karmic burden from it. 
Meanwhile, the one that's more evolved may more rapidly release the greater karmic burden or may more rapidly transmute. Uh, and so with greater spiritualization comes greater responsibility in relationship, also greater facility to transform mind and rebalance and move through a healing cycle uh, and karmically dispense or karmically uh, ripen and release. Anyway, all that's very interesting stuff. Let's go to D.C. Lao, Dao De Ching, chapter 61. A large state is the lower reaches of a river, the place where all the streams of the world unite. In the union of the world, the female always gets the better of the male by stillness. Being still, she takes the lower position. Hence, the large state, by taking the lower position, annexes the small state. The small state, by taking the lower position, affiliates itself to the large state. Thus the one, by taking the lower position, annexes. The other, by taking the lower position, is annexed. All that the large state wants is to take the other under its wing, and all that the small, the small state wants is to have its services accepted by the other. If each of the two wants to find its proper place, it is meet, meaning it's appropriate, that the large should take the lower position. So, large state equals Taoist ruler, equals sage adept, equals greater spiritually developed person. Um, at the lower reaches of a river, um, the place where all the streams of the world unite. Well, that's a flowery, but a, a, a point under which all things under heaven converge, a convergence point, a center point, a, an hub of activity, uh, a point of radiation or a point of reception, both point of radiation, uh, a point that radiates to the collective and the whole, and a point that the uh, all the many of the whole or the collective can meet at. And that's common for people who are more spiritually developed in many ways. One way is commonly that uh, I have three friends and they don't get along with each other or some get along with each other somewhat, somehow, more or less, but they're all sorts of petty conflicts. But I can get along with all of them. I can get along with all of them, or one person who's well-developed could get along with all of them, so long as they're not troublemakers, right? A person who's truly a troublemaker um, needs different treatment. But there are people who are, are not committed to troublemaking, but but they just inadvertently do so. There, it's There's a difference between you know, being in jail because you are wounded and being in jail because you're a sadist. And so being in jail because you were wounded and you got in with the gang because you wanted love from your father who was absent, um, the youth who gets into a gang, does a crime, gets arrested, goes to jail, they just wanted love <laughs> and they made some bad decisions. Meanwhile, uh, in the next cell is a sadist who enjoys uh, torturing. So that, that's, that's different. And the sadist 
or the psychopath, um, the sociopath, psychopath, sadist, serves the self, negative at base of beingness, or the one who's committed to harmfulness, is, should be treated differently. Because their intentions, um, you know, need to be considered. And um, in many ways, working with people, being with people, demands some understanding of their intentions, their motivations. Where's he or she coming from? It's very important. Where, where are you coming from? Most people are not coming from anywhere much. They just are just living their life, doing their thing. And unless there's a close relationship, I'm just another no one to them. Uh, I'm a, a stranger. But then in closer relationship and family and partnership, obviously there's lots of all sorts of intention and motivation. And it's really important to know where's my partner coming from, I think. Where is he, she coming from? What's going on here? And so that's why the confirmed sadist, psychopath, sociopath needs to be treated differently than the person who's harmful because they're wounded and they really would prefer love and um, good, you know, healthy uh, love-based relatedness. Okay, <laughs> so that goes on far, far from Da De Cheng. Um, but uh, there is some kind of, uh, it's easy to assume here that the Taoist, the Dao De Ching is saying, treat everybody the same. No, not really. Uh, always do it this way. No, not really. Um, one must be, and again, that's like cooking or frying the small fish. One should be careful in relations with others, actually. Particularly in any close relationship. Uh, periodically, it's important to be careful. Uh, the female always gets the better by stillness, gets the better of the male by stillness, is a funny way of putting it. Um, stillness uh, has a power over activity, or a greater power, there is a greater power associated with stillness, and that should be known. And um, metaphysically, it's very clear-cut, um, stillness of mind by meditation like Anapanasati or mindfulness practice in Buddhism, that relative stillness, equanimity, uh, stillness of mind and equanimity, uh, one point in his concentration on samadhi, is an activation of six chakra. Six chakra is Tauda, and six chakra is intelligent energy, the access to intelligent energy leading to contact with intelligent infinity for all the raw material people. Uh, I think that probably hardcore raw material people um, don't listen to my other talks <laughs> because they, they're just trying to figure out the raw material. And it's only a few, or maybe the real more dedicated people who are here, the 300, <laughs> the, the uh, committee, <laughs> the uh, committee of, our committee of 300, um, who listen to these talks weekly, regularly, and are very happy to um, take love, light, truth, uh, pearls of wisdom as I do from many traditions, not just the raw material and um, there's a lots of human wisdom or lots of wisdom from uh, traditions like uh, Taoism and Buddhism and Advaita Vedanta and Gnosticism and even the paranormal experiences of Howard Storm and the spiritism philosophy of Nosolar uh, there's great truth all over the place and it's not useful to confine to one 
but there are some people that um, don't want to leave the UFO camp, and even if they read raw material, they don't want to get into transpersonal psychology or um, Taoist philosophy. But <laughs> uh, six chakra indigo is totally associated with activation of um, um, access to intelligent energy, the etheric body. And that really um, is what I'd say Tao Da or the Da power of that is intrinsically virtuous because there's a balance and imbalance. I mean, there is six chakra activation on the negative path, but the wholeness of six ray, indigo ray, the, the wholeness of indigo ray, the totality of true indigo ray requires green ray too or or is not accessed when there's green ray blockage or heart chakra blockage or by those on the negative path. So those on the negative path can access an aspect of uh, intelligent energy. Um, but its fullness, the fullness of indigo ray, six chakra, full activation is impossible on the negative path. That's why they switch over. And that's why they have great limits. That's called one eye blind. And so anyway... Um, stillness is empowering stillness accesses spiritual power Um, and so that stillness is akin to the lower position or being underneath akin to the female in the missionary position akin to um, the place that receives the position the receptive position and the receptive function. So it's the position in which the function of receptivity occurs, while above, you know, know, literally or figuratively, can be understood, not only, but can be also understood as a position from within, a position at which the function of yang and action, doing, leading, uh, controlling, maybe, uh, but initiation, initiating and acting upon occurs. Those functions occur at that position. Other functions occur at other, at the lower position. <coughs> and so the, Dao, the large state and the Taoist ruler and the sage and the adept and the spiritually developed and strongly seeking person often ought to take a lower position and often ought to be receptive and quiet and still and then you'll find uh, all sorts of things are possible you know it's like when i'm at a table with people who are yak yakking i'm usually quiet if they're quiet um i might yak yak a bit and i also enjoy their quiet but um when there's a lot of yak yak it's good to be quiet (laughs) and uh let it burn out uh so uh, there's annexation and affiliation, the higher or the greater or the stronger, by voluntarily putting itself in the recep- position of the receptive and stillness and yin and quiet, um, being impressionable, um, following, not leading, may well annex <laughs> that the, the weaker or the other. 
Meanwhile, what's said, the small state by taking the lower position, meaning by normally being in the lower position, uh, gains affiliation. All right? Okay. So, voluntary submission versus being in a lower position naturally. That's sort of what the, the contrast here. Therefore, the one by taking the lower position acts, uh, annexes the other by taking or by being normally at lower position is annexed. Okay. Uh, but this is a, a you know a teaching of integration, right? And so, it's certainly important. And Ra had said too that as um, an entity becomes stronger or has more access to power, it's increasingly important to be careful not to in inadvertently depolarize or do speech and action, which is harmful to self and other, harmful to other particularly, and harmful to self. Uh, by a careless um, expression of the ever-increasing spiritual power um, that comes from six-ray activation and, you know, development on spiritual path. One must be more careful. The greater the sinner, the greater the saint. The greater the saint, the greater the duh. The, the greatness of duh is, or duh, is what makes greatness of sinner and saint. And the greater the access to duh, uh, or six chakra, or Tao Da, or virtue power, um, the greater the need for us on the person on the positive path to be careful not to hurt people, and that's a big deal, actually, and it it comes out in all sorts of ways, and so generally one should realize when who triggers me, and how, and when. Uh, there's some people that don't, and there's some people that do. And there's some people where we're triggered to frustration, let's say, um, which is uh, an, op an occasion in which we may depolarize, unfortunately, by careless expression uh, of speech and conduct, particularly speech, uh, that is uh, of somewhat wrong speech, which is the result of greater power with inadequate uh, restraint and inadequate love wisdom uh, to either make restraint or cut out the roots have already not has not yet already cut out the roots of the that you know form of wrong speech that's depolarizing and harmful for the one that has done greater development one must be careful of that so uh, the point is that uh there is stronger and weaker. There are smarter and dumber in the world. Yes, there are. There are, you know, develop, people are indeed on a continuum of uh, body, mind, spirit development. Physically, in terms of health and strength and beauty and capacity. Mentally, in terms of uh, uh, information and knowledge, um, intelligence and discernment. Um, speed and capabilities of mind, uh, differentiation between concrete and abstract, logical, analytical, versus uh, intuitive, holistic. So, uh, every mind is different, and each of those functions are developed differential in a differentiated way. There's a differential development of those various functions of mind. Uh, for everyone, or uh, in a comp in comparing people to each other, 
and that's part of what <laughs> what's going on here. And the same thing with spiritual development. Therefore, if each of the two wants to find its proper place, it is meet, it is appropriate that the large should take the lower position, and that's, again, the greater responsibility uh, metaphysically that's associated with greater development. And the greater, again, is uh, six ray. So, uh, we're almost at the hour. Let me read 62 a little fast. <clears throat> Tao Te Ching, chapter 62. Tao in the universe is like the southwest corner in the house. It is the treasure of the good man, the support of the bad. There is a traffic in speakers of fine words. Persons of grave demeanor are accepted as gifts. Strange line. Even the bad let slip no opportunity to acquire them, meaning gifts. Therefore, on the day of an emperor's enthronement, or at the installation of the three officers of state, rather than send a team of four horses preceded by a disc of jade, better were it, as can be done without moving from one seat, to send this Tao. For what did the ancients say of this Tao? How did they prize it? Did they not say of those that have it, quote, Pursuing they shall catch, pursued they shall escape. They thought it, indeed, most precious of all things under heaven. <clears throat> Let me read the Lao translation. The way, the Tao, is the refuge for the myriad creatures. It is that by which the good man protects, and that by which the bad is protected. Beautiful words, when offered, will win high rank in return. Beautiful deeds can raise a man above others. Even if a man is not good, why should he be abandoned? Hence, when the emperor is set up, and the three ducal ministers are appointed, he who makes a present of the Tao, without stirring from his seat, is preferable to one who presents, who offers presents of jade discs followed by a team of four horses. Why was this Tao valued of old? Was it not said that by means of it, by this Tao, one got what one wanted and escaped the consequences when one transgressed? Therefore, it is valued by the empire. So we're talking about the action of Tao in the universe as it applies to good and bad people. Um, the Tao supports all, and we see, you know, the Logos, God, supports all life by maintaining the um, laws of nature and the orbits of planets and the cycles of time and the seasons and the alternation of polarity. <clears throat> all all creation and Aten, you know, the hymn to the sun. The sun warms and supports and protects all on, on earth. Likewise, Tao or Logos uh, is the support of all life and all beingness, right? The Logos above all. Uber Ales. Logos Uber Ales. Logos above all. And in all, and as the nature, true nature of all, therefore it supports a good person or protects goodness or rewards goodness. <laughs> but also gives some support to the bad. I mean, the evil people don't realize that God supports them. <laughs> they hate God but it's only because of God that they have a mind. <laughs> they only have a mind because of the Logos that they hate. They only can breathe and take air and have consciousness by way of the one infinite creator uh, 
that they despise and disrespect and and perjure and pollute. How funny is that? So that's the Tao supporting the bad or protecting the uh, wicked's. Uh, Beautiful deeds, beautiful words um, have some value. <clears throat> there are gifts, uh, and so yes, uh, there are words and deeds that can be beautiful or helpful and gain reward. But what's best than that is Tao. Uh, to offer Tao is better than offering jade discs followed by four horses. <clears throat> and that's where you see, uh, this really is 2,500 years ago, China. And that's just what they did. They sent horses, you can see it in the Chinese dramas on TV, and certain Chinese movies of the old days. Um, lots of pomp and ceremony. Uh, costumed horses. I mean, you know, medieval Europe was the same. But uh, medieval China, or, or ancient China, um, was very ritualistic, very ceremonial. Which is interesting, um, almost Vedic, <laughs> almost Brahmanical, mm. but uh, they did it their own way. <clears throat> and so this chapter is saying that better than all that pomp and ceremony, better even than beautiful words and deeds, which, which are valuable and can bring benefit. Better than all that um, is Tao, and send this Tao without moving from one seat. <laughs> Uh, without stirring from a seat, uh, without uh, going outside the home, one can know everything. Of course, of course, of course. And so, mm, some devotee disciple asked Nityananda, why don't you go to the West? Like Vivekananda and all the other, not all, but the other many um, swamis and yogis and... Um, Babas, Babajis, or Baba types, um, who went to the West to teach the heathen uh, Westerners um, the ways of Hinduism and yoga and philosophy. He said something like, uh, that's only necessary for one who can't go there by mind. <laughs> that's only necessary for one who can't go there from here. I can go there from here. Something like that. He didn't say, well, go there by mind, but he said something... That's only necessary for those who can't go there from go there by from here, meaning <laughs> those yogis and swamis who can't transmit mind um, across distance. Uh, those are the ones who physically bring their bodies over there and come to the West. But he didn't need to do that because he could send his mind over and do work in the West while leaving his body in India. And so that's a little bit higher level. I'd say. And that's akin to this um, without stirring from his seat, making a present of the way, or transmitting, or doing service. Yeah? So, love light radiation alone somewhere, uh, obscured, obscured or hidden, or in higher dimensions, has an effect on this dimension, has an effect on 3D space time and all people. Uh, better than jade and horses and good words and uh, good deeds even uh, because like the sun it touches all the good deeds the good words the jade the horses affect only some materially um, but here it's affecting or touching all spiritually meaning 
from the top down rather than affecting body only or body mind only its effect on body mind spirit it's a transmission that holistically affects body mind spirit not just body or mind so that's important <clears throat> and so by means of thou one gets what one wants and escapes consequences when transgressed i don't think that's how it works but it's a Whaley put it, pursuing they shall catch, pursued they shall escape. <clears throat> and and that, that's a whole other story, but uh, it is, in my understanding, it is not the case that true self-spiritualization or spiritualization of mind, clearance of lower triad blockage, development of green, blue, indigo, balance, learn, grow, help, serve, that doesn't necessarily make one a rich person every single lifetime. <laughs> Because that's really the abundance movement and people who are saying uh, all you need to do or the mark of high spirituality is material wealth. Or the people who are really clear and healthy and um, full of love and wisdom are, are rich materially. They are, have abundance, right? Spiritual abundance, the abundance movement. Well, it's not true. <laughs> as far as I can tell, that deeply spiritually oriented developed people are filthy wealthy filthy rich or super rich uh every lifetime uh, no <laughs> and it just doesn't matter what you think but you have karma whether you like it or not or there's a karmic stream in play whether we like it or not whether we know it or not whether we affirm or not whether we pay money for seminars and learn the secret and try to apply it <clears throat> as well as a silver mind control where there's desire, belief, and expectancy. And one can work with mind by affirmation, visualization, um, and certain technique to materialize or manifest desires, material desires generally. Uh, there are limits to how that's going to work for people uh, because of karmic stream, because of incarnational pre-programmed catalyst because of specific purposes of incarnations um, better fulfilled um, from the perspective of higher self as far as I Scott know <laughs> as far as I know from the perspective of higher self from the perspective of particular agendas or goals of particular lifetimes and the particular karmic stream that each one brings in and pre-programmed catalyst that no, no matter how spiritually developed some people are, uh, they will not be rich and wealthy and live in luxury. No, sorry. Abundance is not the mark of sanctity. Um, there's sanctity with abundance. There's sanctity without it. <laughs> and there's certainly lots of wickedness with great physical wealth. <laughs> Duh. So <clears throat> then we can say, what, John D. Rockefeller was the most holy man of all? <laughs> because he's the richest of all or something like that. The uh, 19th century uh, steel magnates and uh, railroad kingpins and all that, they're deeply spiritual. They don't fight themselves. They're, that's why they're so rich. They are our models. That, that's where that abundance movement goes, it seems to me. So, anyway. Uh, <clears throat> uh, so, pursuing you shall catch, pursue they shall escape. But it is certainly true the higher the spiritual development, the greater the merit. The greater the merit, meaning the greater the backlog of good karma. 
meaning the greater the time spent in helping oneself and helping other, or moving to love wisdom with self and other, being of service, being of benefit to other and self, through meditation, through service, through study, through self-development and healing. The greater that, the greater the likelihood that one will have less trouble and um, pursued escape, being pursued escape. One has the karmic roots um, of being pursued. (laughs) One also may have the karmic roots of escaping. And so with the ripening of so-called bad karma, the person is pursued. With the ripening of so-called good karma, they escape and make a better life. That can happen. Um, And so mm, karma is really important, or virtue and merit is really important, or virtue is critical. And so back to green, blue, indigo, critical in many ways. So I think that's enough for today. Uh, Next time we'll look into Tao Te Ching starting at 63 and um, get back to some core philosophy of the of the way of Tao um, beyond its application in ruling a large kingdom or dealing with small states and so back to the Taoist philosophy of self-transformation and um, harmonious lifestyle so it's good stuff very deep. <laughs> I hope you enjoy. I enjoy it. Um, thank you to Arthur Whaley and D.C. Lau. Very interesting complimentary translator, translations. And also to the old wengu.tartary.com website, whoever that wengu is who put it together. It's a wonderful website. You can also see translations of Yijing uh, uh, and uh, Confucius Analects and then some real old stuff like Shijing, the Book of Odes, very old. I mean, like 4,000-year-old material, or 3,000-year-old, very special. Anyway, please take good care of yourselves. Uh, see you next time, and good night.